I'm Amber Harper from the Burned In Teacher Podcast and a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, listeners. We've got an exciting show for you here today on Get Inspired and Innovate. We're going to talk about recognizing performing arts today. Uh, Stephanie, a lot of times uh, I know that we, we get so caught up in test scores and, and so caught up in putting the pressure on we've got to be this level score or that level score, and we focus so much energy and time on math, English, sometimes our sciences and our social studies that we forget about our performing arts. and They just kind of I don't, I don't want to say get the leftovers, but that's kind of what it feels like at times. So uh, are you seeing that happening in, in education right now? Uh, and, and what are y'all doing to combat that and to help those guys out? I'm definitely seeing that in education, especially with COVID. Um, when we went distance learning, the, we call them the specialist teachers, which is like art, music, gym, tech. All of those teachers were like, well, I don't need to do anything. Like, the kids won't get on and do my stuff because it's not important. And that just kind of broke my heart to hear that because some kids really thrive in those settings and that's where their jobs are going to be. And they felt like they didn't matter and that they weren't important because it wasn't math or ELA. Well, a kid that struggles, they don't like math or ELA because it's hard for them so they look forward to gym or art or music or tech when they come to school. And some of those skills are what those kids are going to need. I mean, there's so many jobs out there with performing arts. There's so many jobs in coding and technology today that if you don't think you're essential, that's, that just really hurts my heart. What about you, Lance? So, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on myself here a little bit, and this is going to give a lot of people some opportunities to throw some punches at me. Not that any of our group would do that. But first off, my favorite movie growing up was Annie. Okay. And the reason that it was, was I, I loved the singing and the, you know, entertainment in there. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, is I'm a, I'm a former football coach. Uh, I got a couple of state championships here in Tennessee, even uh, under my bag. But, you know, I enjoyed that. Second thing is my, one of my favorite Broadway plays ever was Wicked. I've uh, been to see it twice now uh, at TPAC. So, you know, I really enjoy doing those things. Uh, my favorite thing during this COVID, uh, time has been uh, our schools have, have had their chorus departments singing on Zoom and bringing that all together and, you know, mixing it together and pushing it out, you know, doing band and things through Zoom. Uh, and seeing those things on Facebook has, has been my favorite thing during that time. You know, not the math lessons, not the kids reading books to each other, but all of those arts and things that they brought together. Um, and, and, you know, if you think about it, what, what do kids remember? What do kids remember when they're in schools? Well, your athletes, they remember, they remember playing sports. Your people that are in, that are in your performing arts remember, you know, being in those plays, singing, playing music, doing those things. They don't remember my class from day to day teaching math. So what's really making the lifelong, um, you know, experiences for them, I feel like is our performing arts. Uh, but, as we said, a lot of times we don't focus a lot of energy on that. And a lot of times we don't provide those guys with the support that they need so that they can do those things. 
Yeah, and I'm an evaluator for a tech teacher. That's just because I'm a technology coordinator. So one of my job roles is I have to evaluate the tech teacher and just having conversations with my teachers. They talk about how the regular ed classroom teacher doesn't share information that's really important with them. And that can make their job very difficult to know, okay, this is going on at home and they have no idea. Then you only have one week with the kid or one day a week with the student and you have no idea what is going on because you only see them so limited and it's only 45 minutes. So you've got a whole class filled of all these kids. You don't have relationships with these students because there's no time. And then you've got another group of kids coming in. So you've got like 2000 students and it's just very difficult to manage the classroom when you don't have those built in relationships with them um, as quickly as a reg ed teacher might have. And then the first thing that always gets cuts in school is specials. That's an issue because then this reg ed teachers notice that they're gone and want them back because they need their planning time. But it should be ongoing conversations with these teachers. So I'm really hoping today's guests can fix this because <laughs> this is a problem and it's not just a problem in her own little world. It's a problem I feel like across the entire United States and probably the globe. Um, I don't know how places overseas run their specials or anything like that, but I'm sure it's an issue. So I'm very excited to hear what we have for today. Yeah, and something you said there was, you know, the first thing being cut is specials. And you know what? Those kids, they enjoy going to those specials more than anything else. Uh, and second, it always bothers me that the specials teachers are always their favorites. Why can't the math teacher be the favorite or the English teacher? Uh, but anyways, I guess that's a little jealousy on my part. Uh, that brings us to our guest today. We have Miss Teresa Dukason. Uh, she is coming from uh, co uh, coming to us from North Virginia. She is the uh, co-leader of the GEG there in Virginia. She's a Google certified trainer and a Google certified innovator from London 19. We're not going to hold that against you. Uh, and she's a middle school band teacher there in North Virginia. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, you, you heard what all Stephanie and I had to say, and, you know, we really think a lot of the specials, um, but you know as well as we do, as Stephanie said, it's the first thing to get cut. How can we make an awareness so that people understand the importance of performing arts? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a big topic, especially right now that with everything we're dealing with with COVID-19 and, and the uncertainty of the school futures for a lot of people. And it does, it does cause a lot of stress, kind of like Stephanie was saying. Um, it, it really, it makes people wonder, well, am I important if I'm, if they're so quick to say, let's cut it. But the fact is the arts and whether it's performing arts or visual art, PE tech, that stuff is all so vital to the kids' development. You know, Lance, you talk about loving Annie, and there had to have been something in, in you growing up that, you know, you had that musical experience that really brought you to love that. But then you also enjoy sports, and you enjoy the athletics, and that's an important part, too. I think if we just focus on math and English, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about the whole child, and the whole child is really is valuable. You know, 
that's also been one of my favorite things right now has been watching on Facebook, not just like the school groups that are putting together those, those virtual choirs and whatnot, but the families and just the individuals who are, are putting their musicianship out there for the whole world to see. And I, mean, I can't say that I'm on TikTok, but I've seen a couple TikTok dances and I love it. Just seeing people, you know, tap into their inner musician. Can you imagine what this pandemic would be like if we didn't have that? there would be a big hole in, in what we're seeing online. And a lot of that stuff is causing people to smile, makes them happy, and just brings joy to their day in a time that might not have as much joy. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I don't know what this pandemic would be like if we didn't have technology. <laughs> like, I, I think there would be a lot more issues um, with isolation and that feeling compared to, you know, you can hop on a Google Meet and talk with people or play music. I know music is a lot of people's um, out that they like to go to to de-stress. And I know our district, they did like this whole thing on Zoom with all the high schoolers. Um, we have two different high schools in our district and both districts came together to play um, a piece together. So, so that was really cool. So fun fact, they're not actually doing that on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> that is impossible. Um, so what they're actually doing, and this is what makes it even more crazy, is each person is recording themselves individually, and then somebody else behind the scenes is using all of that tech that you were talking about to, for lack of a better word, smush it all together. <laughs> so like, you're right. Without the tech, it would totally be impossible. If you think about all of these individuals making music and then having that ability to put it together. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I tried it with my middle school band. I'm not sure I'll try it again. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting and it was a skill set that I did not have. And I'm not sure I have it now, but it, it's, it's just very different. It's very different making music by yourself than, than doing it as a, as a full group. <laughs> so, so Teresa, um, you know, I, as an instructional technology specialist, I know how to help a math teacher or an English teacher or, you know, a social studies or science teacher get the content, push things out. But but how are, how am I supposed to help a, a band teacher or something during this time? I mean, during this time, the biggest thing that I know a lot of music teachers struggle with is just finding a way to connect with their kids. Um, one thing that's unique about us like while we don't, sometimes we don't see the kids every day or, you know, once a week, we have multiple years that we can build that relationship with. So for example, I teach middle school band. I have my kids for three years, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So we do get to build some pretty strong relationships. So when we're not able to connect with them face-to-face -face on a regular basis, trying to know how to best connect is hard. And I think a lot of music teachers were looking for support in that area in the last couple months. So that's a big thing. And also just knowing how to, how to get the resources into the kids' hands and how to also get some kind of feedback to them. Um, with, with my students, you know, while I'm, I am a Google, I'm a Google girl, um, we use Canvas in my district. So like for me, that was the big thing to be able to, to really connect with my kids, get them resources, give them assessments, give them feedback and have those things going back and forth. So I think that's one of the biggest things that, that a technology specialist could do right now to help a, a music or art, PE, technology, any of those areas. Yeah, and we're, we're actually in my district. We're uh, 
uh, Canvas district also. So we use Canvas too, but we use it with Google kind of running in the background, Google Docs and yep. slides yep. and all that coming in, Google single sign-on, all yep. that. Same with us. Yeah. So so we've got we got Google Classroom and what we say is for our, especially for our littles and those that aren't tech savvy, we use Google Classroom, but those that want a little more than we have, we have uh, Canvas sitting there for them. Um, what do you suggest? Like, I'm really close with our technology teacher, and I don't have this problem because I'm in every classroom, and I'm talking to people all day, and she just feels very isolated from the rest of the school, and she was a math teacher. So when she was a math teacher, she had a team. She collaborated all of the time with other teachers and was very connected. Then she decided, I need to change roles and try technology because that was another passion of hers. And now she feels like teachers don't talk to her. So what suggestions would you have for a teacher that does feel isolated um, to help their kind of well-being? So a couple things, and, and this is, again, where the technology saves us, is the first thing is, is you have to find your PLN. You have to find your people, because I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I mean, I'm, there's three music teachers in my building, but I kind of have my own wing. Like I have to be very intentional to see other adults during the day. It'd be very easy just to, to not see anybody, not talk to anybody. Um, so you really have to be intentional about that. So this kind of also ties into my innovator project from the wonderful London 19 uh, <laughs> cohort. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Um, so my innovator project has to do with music teacher well-being. So going into the, the innovator program, I knew that I wanted to do something for music teachers because as we're saying, you know, they, they often do feel isolated. They feel like they, they don't have as much of a voice in, in some of these communities. So I wanted to do something for them. And when I was talking to different music teachers, I asked, you know, what are some of your biggest challenges? What are some of your biggest struggles? And they listed like everything under the sun, everything from time with kids to budget to being respected by their peers and administrators, all of those things. And while they were all like massive problems and big problems and things I would love to help with, what I saw even more was just their stress. Um, every time you would ask the question, like, what, what are your biggest challenges? You could just physically see them sink and like, like that, that heavy sigh of, oh my goodness. And, and that's when I realized that the, what I needed to work on was actually helping them with, with well-being. Because while all those things are problems, if we just continue to look at them as problems and think about all of that and not focus on the things that we can control, like how we take care of ourselves, we're, we're not going to be able to stay in this career very long. <laughs> like with a, with a stress level that high, it's, it's just not going to be feasible. Um, so this is kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but kind of what I d determined was that the teachers needed both the resources to understand how, how to take care of themselves, how to, to kind of put themselves first, but, and they also needed the, the community to support them. So with my project, I created, um, it's called Tacit for Teachers. For those of you who aren't musicians, Tacit is um, the musical term for a long rest, which seemed appropriate. And Tacit for Teachers is a website of resources, um, kind of, it's, it all goes towards music teachers and they're all like specific to music teachers. But at the same time, I think anybody could read the information and gain things from it. But then with that, and, and possibly just as important to that, is the Facebook community that we've started. Um, and the Facebook community is for music teachers or, or people who, who feel like they can <laughs> identify with music teachers. And it's just a place to support each other with well-being and to encourage people to 
take care of themselves, to say no to things so that you're not constantly feeling overwhelmed with projects, to remind yourself that it's okay to stop checking work email at a certain point of the night. You know, all of these things that so many of us, all of us as teachers have problems with, but I feel like by making it specific to the music teachers, they felt like it was their community and, and a group that really was looking out for their best interest. I love that you're building around community because that was where I needed um, help because before Google Innovator, and I didn't know I needed a community before Google Innovator. And then I got there and I was like, I want to be best friends with Lance, you know, or Kyle or all these other people because they really do make me a stronger educator. They remind me like, it's not the end of the world, calm down. Or, hey, this is a really good idea. Why don't you try this? And they've saved me so many hours in the day. Um, I mean, I steal stuff from Lance all the time. He just doesn't really care or know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true. Like, you do need that community to get stronger. And I'm not as burned out as I was before. I only had six years of teaching in my career. So I went to the Google Innovator last year. And I was feeling a lot of burnout, like, I feel like I have to do this alone. No one understands me. I'm also in an admin role. So I can't like, like I got that weird boundary of like, I want to be friend teachers because I totally get them and understand them. But then I have like all these older admin people that are way older than me and they don't really understand like who I am or what I'm doing. So I was like in between these two different subgroups of people feeling extreme burnout because I felt like no one could connect with me. And then you go to this Google Innovator Academy and you have like 20 new best friends and their family and you can completely trust them. And so that community completely changed my life. It completely changed my career and probably saved my career because I don't know where I would be without that community. So I really love that you are building that up because teachers need APLN and I don't think they realize it like I did. And so it's kind of like, how do you get them to realize they need this in their life, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I think finding, finding the right kind of PLN, like I think we've probably all seen all the different groups on Facebook. There's, I mean, teaching with tech and this, you know, we have like the band directors, Facebook and this, and a lot of times they do get bogged down with problems. Like, oh my goodness, this, this awful problem just happened. Or, or what do I do about this problem? Like, and sometimes that can, that it's a little too much negativity. So I like the fact that we were able to, to create this group that you know, we're going to, the, the negativity is acknowledged, but it's, it's more of a proactive approach to it. Like how can, you know, yes, these things are happening, but what, what can we do proactively? What can we control and what can we do about it to make sure that this is not taking over our life? And I'll be honest with you. I have uh, left Facebook groups and uh, unfollowed or unfriended certain people in the ed tech world because they were so negative. I mean, it was like everything in the world is wrong and uh, everybody's against us and all that. Well, I'm sorry. That's not the outlook that I'm going to have. And I, I don't want that. Uh, I don't want to be seeing that every day. Uh, so I, I've, I've had to do that. Second thing that you said a second ago that, that I thought was interesting was uh, learning how to say no to people. Uh, that's, that's something that Stephanie would tell you that I am not very good at is saying no, because I, I generally do everything that's asked of me. I uh, just took on another big project today because somebody asked me to do it. So that's something that I've got to work on. I think you have to look at why you're doing it too. And that's, that's a big part of it. Sometimes 
I know for me as a music teacher, someone will ask me to do something and I'll feel like I have to do it, even though it's, it's not good for me. It's not good for my students. It's, you know, it's, there's all these reasons not to do it, but yet we feel like we have to say yes. So if you're saying yes to something that's going to fulfill you and that you know is going to, to bring value to your world and to the other people's world, then I think that's, that's one thing. But if you're saying yes, just because you feel like you have to, I think that's, that's another one. Um, you have to look out for what's important, but I'm the same way. I mean, I, I joke that that's kind of how I got into this whole innovator thing. You know, I took the level one test and then I saw there was a level two and I was like, well, I have to do level two. And then, and then after that's like, well, now I have to be a trainer. <laughs> and, and, but it's obviously like Stephanie said, it's the best thing I've ever done for my professional career and just for my life in general. So I love it, but. And I love that you said you have to find the right community because I was finding all the wrong communities and I'm like, I don't connect with these people. Like they don't get it. And then just Google innovator. They were, I was like, they finally get it. Mm-hmm. They get me and I can, you know, be myself and be crazy and love Sydney 19 and give Abbott a hard time. <laughs> uh, so, so if I understood it right, Stephanie, uh, Kyle and I saved your, your career. Is that what I heard? Uh, I think it was more Mel. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to go to our next section, which is our meme and quote section. So Teresa, what meme or quote did you bring this week? So the meme that I brought this week is, uh, it's actually from Larry Page. And I guess it's more of a quote technically. Um, quote says, always work hard on something uncomfortably exciting. And I, I feel like Lance, you might agree with that since you said you just took on another big project. Um, so the quotes by, like I said, Larry Page, who's the, the founder of Google, and that just really resonated with me because, um, I mean, for me going into the Innovator Academy, that's exactly what that was, like completely uncomfortable going somewhere. I mean, I went to another country too. I guess you guys did as well, but to go somewhere, not know anybody, but yet have this amazing experience. And that's, that's I don't know. I just, I love that. And I love I love thinking about things that way. Uncomfortably exciting is just, it puts a smile on my face. I love that. Um, so mine is hard work pays off. I really believe if you work hard and do everything that you can, it will pay off. But I do love that you say, if it doesn't align with my goals and my mission for what I'm supposed to be doing, then say no. So Lance, if it does not align with everything that you're supposed to do, I even told Lance this week, I said, you can tell me no. He's like, I can't. I'm like, you, you can, because he's helping me with the boot camp. So. <laughs> there, there you go. Yep. And mine is, uh, silence is a sleep that nourishes wisdom. Uh, and this is something that I'm learning the hard way. Uh, people don't always want you to solve their problems. I am a problem solver. If you give me a problem, I'm going to try to solve it. A lot of times, people really just want you to listen and empathize with their problems. So that's something that I'm having to learn how to do is to to not just give somebody an answer, but listen to what their actual problem is. All right. So, Teresa, what is something that you've learned this week that you could share with others? So I just finished reading the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, I had read read different articles of his over the past like year and a half, and then I, I was able to read the book. And the book was t- completely fascinating. In fact, there was a lot of things I took from that that I was able to help p- plug into my, my tacit project. Um, but when he talks about atomic habits, he's not saying like, 
the atomic bomb, like not that kind of atomic. He's actually referring to atomic as tiny and, and these tiny little habits. And he says that if you can make a 1% improvement, that's going to be setting you on that trajectory to, to build these habits. So a 1% improvement every day is actually going to have you 37 times better after a year. I feel like so often when we try to, to make a change or we try to improve something, we try to do it like all in and we try to make this massive, huge change and then we can't, we can't fo- follow through with it. You know, think about how many New Year's resolutions are like that. But instead, if we can just take a 1% difference and keep building upon that 1%, that we'll eventually be able to build a new habit and have a noticeable improvement in our life. I like that focus on the 1%. Um, so mine is just a reflection activity. I was really bad at this when I taught. I would always ask like on a Google form, did you learn anything today or what did you learn? And instead of asking that question, this tweet, they posted a, I think, I don't know what they used, um, but I would put this on a Google form and I would just say like, can you start with your answer or can you start with an introduction? And then the kids would pick an emoji rather than like, what did you learn? And I feel like you'll get a lot more motivation and honest answers about how they're doing in that subject compared to just, what did you learn? Lance? All right, so I brought a website today to you that has what's called portable apps on it. Uh, And I found this the other day, I thought it was pretty neat. This is actually applications that you can put on a flash drive and just plug into computer and run it off the flash drive. So. Uh, what's a flash drive? <laughs> You're kidding, right? Yeah, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I don't know from our conversations earlier when you didn't know who the Blues <laughs> Brothers was. I, I, I was a little concerned about you. Uh, I know what Annie is. You know what what is? Annie and the Wicked. Oh, Annie and the Wicked? It's, it's actually Wicked, the not wicked. the Wicked. Wicked. <laughs> wicked. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so anyways, portable apps, you can run them off your flash drive. So I think uh, GIMP is on here. So that's a picture editor that you can actually install on, on a device. But you can run these straight from a flash drive, just plug them in. Uh, and I think that will even work on Chromebooks too. So if you just plug it into a Chromebook, you should be able to open it up and run it straight from the flash drive right there. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Get Inspired and Innovate today. Teresa, how can people connect with you? Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Musical Teresa. Uh, you can also please check out my, um, my innovator project. It's tacitforteachers.com. So it's T-A-C-E-T-F-O-R-teachers.com. So please check that out and I would love to connect. All right. Thank you again for listening. All of the show notes will be available on our website so you can get all of the nice links all in one place so you can review all of those awesome resources that Teresa shared with us. Thanks for listening.